We have been in our study of the book of Exodus, taking a look at what we call the Ten Commandments. As we started going through these, we started also saying that there, out of the 639 commandments that are given through the Old Testament, that they can be summed up in two. To love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your might, all your strength, and all your heart. And then the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. I also said when we started taking a look at these Ten Commandments, that what they prohibit is not wrong because they prohibit it, but it's wrong and therefore it's prohibited. Some of the commands that are prohibited are easy to say, yeah, you don't have to think about it. it you know, like, we're not supposed to murder. It doesn't take a lot of thought or intellectual power to say, yeah, obviously that's wrong. You might want to consider when it talks about you're to have no other God before me. You say, well, is that naturally wrong? Well, if there is but one God, the Lord our God, then to have any other God before Him would be wrong. Most of the Ten Commandments are the types of things that are prohibited. We're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to commit adultery. We're not supposed to do certain things. But there are two that require some action upon our, on us. We took a look at one of those last week, which says we were to remember the Sabbath, and keep it holy. There was something to do. It wasn't just simply not laboring, but there was a, an action to it. Today's, the one that we're going to take a look at, is again one of those, not prohibition, but actions. And so we find at verse 12 in Exodus chapter 20, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land, which the Lord your God gives you. First off, notice it says honor. Honor is to treat somebody with a high respect or esteem, to give deference to. So it's, it's the way we are to treat and, and, and act towards our parents, both our father and our mother. Notice the next thing it doesn't say is, honor your father and your mother if they're honorable. Or if they were good parents. Or if they gave you everything you wanted, even a pony. Then you can honor your parents. It doesn't, it doesn't say when you are to honor. The fact is, your mother and your father are to be honored by you regardless of how great or how terrible they were. Now, generally speaking, in the commands talking to God's people, He would be then speaking to people who would be following the Lord and hopefully doing the things that believing parents ought to do. And so therefore, you would hope that you would have honorable parents. But that's not the requirement, is we are to honor them. And the reason for that, if you think, think about it, or if you study further in the scriptures, it's because our parents 
are God's representatives on this earth for us. Just as the governments have been initiated by God to rule the earth in the ways that they are, God appoints certain other people to lead. He appoints pastors and teachers and deacons and others and husbands and wives and mothers and fathers. Each of those are appointed by God for them to do something for the people that, that not that they lord over, but in essence that they serve. Now this doesn't mean that if you have toxic parents, you need to continue in that toxicity. As a matter of fact, there are times, and I'm sure people in this room and who are hearing me have experienced parents that would not win the best mother of the world or the best father of the world. As a matter of fact, the soonest you could get out of the house, you were looking forward to it because it always seems that they were toxic people. But even toxic parents can have been used by God. So for instance, if you said, I never want to be like that. I don't want to raise my children that way. then you can honor your parents in the sense of they taught me at least not what to do, if not how to do it. Now, let's be honest. All of us, as children, whether we had toxic parents or the parents that would win the, the blue ribbon for being the best father or mother in the world, we have found ourselves saying, I'm not going to be like my mom, or I'm not going to be like my dad. Frequently that's, especially when, when you would want to do something, and they say no, and you say why, and they say because, and you always say, I'm never going to do that. I'm always going to give my child a reason. Until they go, why, 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 why? Because I said so. As a matter of fact, the truth of that is, you know, things are funny in, in certain either jokes or, or um, commercials or plays that they kind of uh, make an extreme, but there's truth. And the reason it's funny is that there's truth in it. There is a commercial that's now on. There's several different versions of it where it's usually the guy becomes more and more like his mother. He wears a sweater like his mother. He wears glasses. He talks. He tries to feed his wife like his mother fed him. And it's, we all, whether we want to admit it or not, frequently become our parents. But God says, whether you have wonderful parents or terrible parents, you are still to give them respect and esteem. Didn't say you had to agree. Didn't say you had to conform your life to them. But you still need to give them the esteem and respect because God appointed them 
as your parents. If you become a parent, this is really good advice for you to honor your parents, which is in essence your children's grandparents. Why? Why is this to your best interest? Because let's face it, if you treat your parents with disrespect, your children are going to learn to treat you with disrespect. Because children will learn and emulate what they see. You can say you should respect grandparents, but then if you don't do that, they're going to just like if you say you ought to go to church, but you don't go to church yourself, or you act one way in church and a different way at home. It's not real. It's not genuine. And so in your own best interest as you raise children, you should treat your parents with respect so that they might learn how to treat you when they become adults. Now, I'm going to throw this in for free. For those of you who aren't married, I make a... um, give you a little piece of advice. At some point in your dating relationship, before it becomes too serious and you think about getting married, you should spend some time with your boyfriend, girlfriend's parents. Not with them alone, but with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Why? Because you're going to want to see how your boyfriend or girlfriend treats their parents. And you're going to want to see, if, if you're a, a guy, you're going to want to see how your girlfriend treats her father and how her mother treats her father. Similarly, if you're a girl, you want to see how your boyfriend in, in that family relationship. Why? Because that's how they've learned to treat people in the family, which means if it's okay to die, lie to dad, for a good enough reason, it's okay to lie to you if the reason's good enough. If it's okay to treat dad with disrespect, or the wife that treats dad with, or, father, or her husband with disrespect, guess what? That's how they're going to treat you. You can learn an awful lot by the family dynamic. Now, the only exception to the rule is if you're boyfriend or girlfriend acknowledges my family's dysfunctional and I don't want to be that way. Well, let me give you another clue. Everybody's dysfunctional. It's just a matter of how much fun you put into dysfunction. I've come to the conclusion the only normal people are the people I have not met. Because nobody's normal after I get to meet them. And so even if a person acknowledges, yeah, my family is dysfunctional, guess what? They've experienced dysfunction. It's going to take some time for them to work those issues out. But we are told that we are to honor our father 
and our mother. And then it says that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. He adds a little promise, if you will, there that says if you do this, then you'll live a longer life. Now, I want to jump to another Old Testament passage. It's found in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22-23. It says this, My son, observe the commandment of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light. And reproof or discipline are the way of life. Parents have an obligation to teach their children. Children have an obligation to learn it and live it and be a part of it. If as fathers and mothers... We took the raising of our children as seriously as we did our job. We'd have better children. But what so happens is we go to work. And we spend all the time there and then we're exhausted. And we come back home. And the men usually just want some peace and quiet. And in our culture today, women have to do some other things because guys tend to not do those things and, and they get even tighter. And by the time the day is done, you've had little time for your children. And so there's this partial lie that has gone out that says, well, just spend quality time with your children. Quality time is good. When you have a conversation with your children, when you're involved in their lives, that is a good thing. Quality time is good. But quantity time is important as well. They need to know that you're there. It's okay if they're playing on their tablet. It's good you have a conversation periodically. But it's okay if you sit there and they're on their tablet Because they'll look over and say, Dad's there. Mom's there. I can have peace. I'm not abandoned. I didn't get 15 minutes between 8 and 8.15 and then shipped off to bed. It was, they wanted to be with me. They cared about me. So quantity time is almost as important as quality. Because you cannot teach your children if you're not there. And sometimes teaching your children is not just about saying two plus two is four, but letting them see how you handle events, how you handle difficulties, how you handle blessings. And so going on in Ephesians, Paul writes to a church in Ephesus. Now, why am I going to use this? Because 
most of us are going to say, well, this is the Ten Commandments. It's the law. It's a bunch of Jewish stuff. Jesus came. We don't have to listen to it. Pastor, if you knew my parents, you wouldn't want to honor them either. Well, Paul is writing to Ephesus, a church made up of Jews and Gentiles. And he says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Again, the commandment isn't, well, it's issued to Jews and therefore they have to follow it. As I said, this command is right. That's why there's a command. It's not a command and that's what makes it right. God is saying that it is appropriate and correct for children to obey. I'm not sorry, for children to obey, but for the adults, if you will, to honor and respect their parents. And again, the same, if you will, promise is there that it may be long upon the earth. Further, in Colossians it says this, Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Wait a minute. As a minor child, how I behave to, with my children has an impact of what God thinks? Yes. But again, if we as parents do not respect our parents and follow the commands of the Lord, then how is it that we expect our children to be obedient? There is an interesting spiritual significance to this. Most of you who have been a Christian for any length of time cannot wait for Jesus to come back. Ever since he left for heaven and we stared up looking at him going, we've been waiting for his return. And most of us in that return know the passages in Matthew that talks about Wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all of these signs that are a part of his coming back. But there is a sign that we never mention that is a part of his return. And we find that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it says this, But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. Well, they're kind of hard now, but who knows, it may get even harder, especially for those believers in the Middle East. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. 
ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness although they have denied His power. We all want to quote earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. Quite frankly, this kind of describes a lot of our culture. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty much lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Haters of good, treacherous. And so when you see a society and a culture that teaches its children that you don't need your parents, you don't need to follow them, you don't need to learn from them. As a matter of fact, religious parents may even be considered toxic by the world. Jesus is one more day closer to returning. The signs are not just physical, they're cultural. But we as believers are to be different. Fathers are instructed to teach their children, but not to provoke them, not to exacerbate them, but to lead them and teach them in the ways of the Lord. And let me ask you, how has the Lord taught you? Sure, there's probably times when you felt, when you did something wrong, I'll use a phrase that goes way back and nobody will probably remember it, that you felt like God took you out behind the woodshed and uh, laid a switch to you. See, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, in my day, when I was a kid, my mama would use a switch, and occasionally she'd have me pick it. I learned that the thin ones weren't the best ones, because they could, whew. anyway. And so sometimes you think, well, that's how God has dealt with you. But the scriptures make it clear. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. And yeah, there may be a time when the Lord needs to discipline. But we should emulate how our Father has taught us by teaching our children in such a way that shows them love and grace and mercy, not just discipline for discipline's sake but to be consistent and to be firm so that just as I had shared with you in Proverbs, that they might understand that what you as their father and what you did as their mother taught them, that they can use that in their lives to be better. Because it is the goal of every ordinary, normal parent, whatever that means, for their children to be better than them.
all too often, we think of that as better as wealthier. That's not better. To be a closer and more devoted man or woman to God should be the parent's first and foremost priority. So that our children stand on our shoulders when it comes to faith. When we struggle, they learn and then depend more on God than we did. We teach them to be independent of us, but dependent on Him. And if we do such a thing, I think it'll be easier for our children to treat us with high respect and esteem. But we will fail because we're not perfect. And there will come times when one child will think the other child is the favorite one. I've had both my kids accuse me of having the other one being the favorite. So I guess I got it right because they both think I preferred the other one. The truth is, they're both my favorite because they're both mine. And so in a moment... We're going to sing Good, Good Father because the reality is some of us may have had a good father, some of us may have had a bad father, but the reality is we all have a good, good father and that is the Lord our God who is our father and is set as an example of who he is and what we should be. Now, there is nothing you can do about yesterday. You could have been a great parent you could have been a lousy parent. But there's something you can do today. And you may have been a really easy kid or a really terrible, difficult child. And there's nothing you can do about that to yesterday. But today you can say, you know, I'm not going to let the past prevent the blessings of the future. And I'm going to show my parents honor and respect because God wills it of me. And parents, I am going to act towards my children in a way that is worthy of high respect and esteem. So that instead of wasting the rest of our time, it might be a time of tremendous blessing. Just as our God and our Father has forgiven us, sometimes we children need to forgive our parents. And parents, you may have thought your children were difficult or whatever, but it's time to be not their friend, but their parent.